story brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your guest host, Johnny T. My guest tonight is Rick Ornelas. He's an author and a positive change expert who teaches men and women to unlock their amazing potential to create an incredible future and change the world around them. He's an author of the best-selling book, 12 Hours of Heaven, Lessons for a Better World, and founder of iSpark Change. This movement and community of those making the world a better place has grown by over 800% in recent months. Their mission is to spread positive change throughout the world by living the golden rule in all they do and leading by example. How are you doing today, Rick? I'm fantastic, Johnny. Uh, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So tell me about your journey in life. Well, that's a big question. <laughs> that's okay. a big question. So as far as my journey in life, I mean, I originally am from Southern California. I grew up the youngest in a family of five with four older sisters. So that was interesting enough. Being in a big family, a very, very Catholic family, very spiritual family. All of us went to Catholic school for 12 years. And my, my dad was a disciplinarian and mm -hmm. you know, very devout. And so we were raised, you know, from a young end that faith was family was the most important and faith. You know, those were the two most important things. You do everything for God and for your family. And so that was a big, that's been a big part of my life all the way growing up from the far back as I can remember. And then, you know, even you, know, you get a little older, you become a teenager, you kind of drift away. And then I got married pretty young and my wife and I started having kids. So we had, we had our first daughter right away. Now we have three, but we had our first daughter right away. And so when you have kids, then God starts pulling you back and yeah. saying, all right, now you got some little ones that are in your care. So might be a good idea to start going back to church and get them in their religious education classes. And it, I've kept those same pillars that my father taught me about family and faith. Those are some of the most important uh, for me as well. You can't go wrong with those. So yeah, in your exactly. bio there, it says that you had a spiritual awakening of a significant way. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, it's interesting, Johnny, because as I said, I've always been a spiritual person and have really grown in that regard. People take different paths, right, to, to in their faith. And, and I've yep. grown a lot, especially in the past 20 years. And, and it's just become stronger and stronger probably with each year in that 20, which really came to a pinnacle, I guess, or hopefully not because I want to keep going in that relationship. <laughs> but it's really got pretty high the last year in, in 2020. But what it's referring to in the bio there is that last Last year, when pandemic had started and the world had shut down and it's March, and April and isolation and starts becoming very anxious for me. And, and I had my work had slowed down, income's not flowing through the door and my business is slowed down. And it's like, okay, what are we going to do? And, and I'm a person that is very active and, and busy and, and likes to have control <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. you, you kind of have no control, yeah. which is, you know, a good lesson that God teaches me all the time is that, you know, just put faith in him. Well, I decided to write a book that had been in my head for 20 years. So so how did your book come to be? So the idea for 12 Hours of Heaven was sparked in my mind 20 years ago when I was living in Southern California at the time with my wife and two oldest daughters were itty bitty. They were one and four. And we were driving back on a Sunday afternoon from a children's birthday party. And it was about a two hour drive from our house. And so we're, we're driving back home and, and it starts to rain really hard. 
like it normally doesn't rain that hard in, in Southern California, so much so that cars had pulled off of the freeway, they're not driving, you know, they don't feel like it's safe. And, and I contemplate pulling over, but my wife and I discussed it and we're like, well, it's, it's getting late, it's going to get dark. And then if it's raining, it'd be even worse to drive. So we decided to continue on very slow. And even at a slow speed in the slow lane on the freeway, I hit a big puddle and we start hydroplaning and we start spinning out of control. And we spin across four lanes to the left and we're about to hit the center median and I'm trying to steer and we're both screaming and, and then somehow the car spins across the four lanes the other way and we go off the shoulder and we go up a dirt embankment and we hit a brick wall and the car flips over completely and then it lands back on the wheels and the roof is smushed down to our faces and the glass is shattered and the right side is all smashed and the, there's cars filled with dirt and glass and those are shattered. And I checked my wife and my daughters had woken up, they were asleep and, and they're crying. And all of us are completely unharmed. We don't have a scratch, nothing. Wow. And we crawl out of my door and uh, this elderly couple had pulled over, it's still pouring rain and they had pulled over and the lady brings a big blanket and wraps it around my wife. And my wife is sitting there thanking God and holding my daughters and just crying on the side of the road. And I'm talking to the gentleman and he says, that's the most incredible thing I've ever witnessed in my life. And he said, I can't believe that you got out of the car. You know, I thought you were dead or injured and, and he'd called 911 and we get taken in the ambulance and the doctors just like, you're fine. The kids are fine. Everything's fine. And the next day I go to pick up our things from the vehicle at the impound yard where, where they towed it off to. And it's sitting in front of the office on a flatbed tow truck. And I go into the office and I tell the attendant, I say, I, I'd like to get my things out of the my vehicle outside. And he says, what vehicle is it? And I said, it's the Grand Prix on the on flatbed. And he says, that's not your car. And I'm like, yeah, that's my car. And he says, no, that's not your car. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he said, well, I can always tell what happened to the person who was driving that car. And whoever was driving that car is either dead or in the hospital. And, you know, he's like, it's really bad. And I'm like, well, it's, it's my car. And you know, show convince him, show my ID. It's my car and everything. And, you know, I was a young guy and, and overly confident or arrogant or thinking, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. And then the more heard things like that and spoke to people and everybody's like, that's a miracle. You're not harmed or you weren't dead. Like just none of us, not nothing. And one day, so my mother had given me a little angel pin, a little guardian angel pin to stick in the car moving forward and it put it mm -hmm. in the visor. And one day I'm sitting there reflecting on the accident, daydreaming and, and thinking about the accident because for a period of a few months, I really reflected on that. And that really made some big changes in my life moving forward where I focused more on my family and faith and it became you know, less about me and more about others. And as I'm staring at that angel pin one day, the idea for my book hit me like a movie mm -hmm. and the angel that comes down from heaven and helps people. People always think with the title that, you know, did I die or, or is the story about a death or being in heaven? And, you know, I think God gave me the story for a reason. And I think the timing of the story happened for a reason that it didn't happen until last year when the world was going through an anxious and isolated time and, and people mm -hmm. were struggling because it really shows the power of God to work through human beings and, and give them comfort in a difficult time. And, and people can relate to the characters and what they're going through. And, and understand how they can use his grace to make some changes in their lives. And that's where, you know, that's where the story really came from. And, you know, I think it just wasn't ready 20 years ago. To, I thought about writing it and just never did. And, you know, I wrote like a paragraph and then never moved me on that, but, but it wasn't ready. And I think it was just happening on God's time. You know, that's why it came out 20 years yeah. later on his time. But the awakening came during the writing 
And it was, I started writing in about April. And when I hit about June, you know, I'm coming up on July was the anniversary of my father's death. He had passed away in, in 2019 at the, at the age of 96. And, you know, as I said, he was so spiritual and our relationship, I think he was on this earth so long because he needed to have that whole time to grow in his relationships and grow as, as a human being, you know, he needed more time than, than a lot of others to, to yeah. grow. And so as I'm getting close to that anniversary and everything, and I'm writing my book, which is a spiritual book, I start feeling closer and closer and closer to God in a way that I had never felt in my life previous. Mm. And it lasted for about six weeks, like a month and a half, where as I'm writing, I felt like as if you know, God or the Holy Spirit was, was giving me the words and I was just typing. And like I felt his presence right here with me as I was typing. And so much so that I would have, I had dreams and I had visions and I would wake up in the middle of the night with flood of ideas. And, and it was so strong and, and so powerful and emotional. Like I said, that I'd never felt before that sometimes I would be moved to tears when I was writing. And it was a very emotional time for me. And it was so personal and so spiritual what I was feeling with God that I didn't share what was going on with anyone, not even mm -hmm. my wife. Mm -hmm. 25 years, I, I didn't share it with her and my kids. I didn't, I didn't tell anybody. And, and I don't know if I was afraid to share it or it was just that I felt so special. I didn't want it to end. And what happened was, as I said, it was in those six weeks. And in that time, my writing flourished. Previously, I'd been writing like 500, 800, maybe a thousand words in a day. And I went to writing over 2000 in a couple hours. And I ended wow. up finishing the book in that time. Wow. And I finished it just a couple days before the anniversary of my father's death. And, you know, I wasn't close when I was, when I was, when I was getting close in, in days, I wasn't close in content and it, and it just all came together. And, and I thought, you know, what a wonderful gift um, that had been given to me. You know, I felt it was really a, a spiritual awakening for me because it deepened my relationship with the Lord. It deepened my faith far beyond where I had been previously. And it put me in a place to want to do more work and impact the lives of others and essentially change the world with all, with all the different ideas and the calling that I felt, you know, he was calling me to do. So it was, it was just a, a um, you know, very magical time for me that I pray every day that I can get back to that feeling that I was in for, you know, those six weeks. Did the intent of what you wanted to write about, did it change from when you started to when you experienced God's presence helping you write it? Like, did the, the focus of your book change or did it just become enhanced? That's a good question. Nobody's asked me that question before, Johnny. The title is 12 Hours of Heaven, subtitle Lessons for a Better World. So the book is a fictional story about an angel that is sent down from heaven and he finds himself trapped in an elevator with 10 individuals, 10 completely different individuals who don't know each other or anything. And they're trapped overnight for a period of 12 hours and during that time he's able to help them through the biggest challenges that they each face in their lives mm. and he teaches them all you know a lesson that, that they can take with them and he teaches some lessons to everyone as a group and learn some things about himself so i had the idea that okay they're going to be trapped in an elevator he's going to teach them some lessons but where god the direction that god enhanced it and the direction that he took it in is to really put some depth to the writing and really show I guess his power through my writing and through the characters that I don't know if I would have been able to do on my own, right? That mm -hmm. I feel it was, like I said, that they were, the words were being given to me and that it, it really added to the story. And it's, it's helped with the impact that it's had on those that have read it, that they've been impacted in a very positive way and spiritual way. And, and they've learned and grown after reading. So I think that's all, you know, that's all God's doing, you know, not my 
So it doesn't surprise me God was giving you the words to write that touch people's hearts because to me, it sounds like God wanted to share his heart with you for the readers to understand what God was like. Yeah, I believe that as well, Johnny. And and I was speaking with you know the pastor from my church, and he was talking about how he believes that you know inspiration it, it comes from the Latin word inspire, and that you know means to breathe. And so he feels that you know God can can breathe life, can breathe the story, can breathe that when necessary, when he wants to help inspire someone and to you know set them on the at least the path that I was on with my writing. So that's the way I look at it. Yeah, I, I had a thought cross my mind the other day that God is as close as our next breath, but even closer at our last. Yeah, that's great. That, that's that's really profound and very true. From the, the people that I've been around that are close to the other side, that has been the case for, for all of them. If I understand you started an organization called I Spark Change. Maybe you could tell me about that. Yes. And thank you for asking about that, because that's really been my, my passion since you know the book has come out. But the, the book has inspired individuals in many different ways. I've had people that have told me that they've taken one of the lessons. So for example, one of the lessons is to show gratitude, that they've started to make gratitude a regular practice that they do on an everyday basis, and that it's mm-hmm. having an impact you know, in their lives and their relationships. And, and with someone else, it's helped them. One Another lesson is to have faith. And so another one there, they're talking about how it's deepened them faith and they've really examined faith. And 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 I guess the way that it's helped the most, at least the, the feedback that I've heard the most, is that it's inspired them to see that even though we're going through some tough times right now, kind of collectively humanity, you know, as mm-hmm. the world, right, pandemic and everything, is that, that there is hope that there can be a beautiful world. And we're just, you know, we're just in some tough times, but God will help us pull through and that even out of the difficulties of the pandemic, for example, that some beautiful things can happen. I mean, I put off my writing for 20 years until I had the time because I was home and, and you know, quarantined to write the book. So, uh, and I've spoken with hundreds of others around the world that have had similar inspiration and, and they've taken blessings from the pandemic opportunity. So that, that's where it's affected the most people. And for me, part of all those ideas I had was for I Spark Change. That was one of those ideas that I had in you know, the middle of the night and it's woven through my book. And, and that's one of the things that I think God really gave me. You asked about how he, how he added to the story is that idea for I Spark Change to not just write a book. And yes, that may inspire people. Yes, it may help people here and there, but to really do greater work. And I Spark Change is about empowering others to show them that they can positively impact the world, to, to provide a community so they see that they're not alone, believe they can make a difference and help them really elevate that social impact across the globe. And that's what we've been building with Ice Park Changes is, is building a community, a movement that is about serving others. And, and like it's like uh, you said in the bio, living the golden rule and, and helping others and serving others and spreading some positive change around the world. Yeah, that's always a good thing. It makes me think that your iSpark Change movement is, again, another way to let people live out their faith and show the world what God's heart really means. Yes, I believe that as well, because we leave it very open to whoever joins or becomes a part of iSpark Change to what that change looks like. For for one person, it may be doing you know, missionary work or, or charitable work in their local community. For another person, it's it's just smiling at a stranger as they pass on the street and you know giving them a saying hi and, and maybe making some 
someone's day or no act is too small as long as it's done, you know, with some goodness behind it, right? And and some some service in in your heart, even if it's even like I said, it's just as small as a smile, then you know, it comes from a good place. And that's where I think, you know, all those little things add up to make the world a better place. Yeah, you never go wrong doing right. So now that you've written your book and you've started this movement that God is starting to show his heart to people around the world, how are things for you now in your sense of God? Like, I know you talked about you want more of that same period of time when you wrote the book. So talk to me about how you encourage that relationship with God. What kind of practices do you make a part of your life and things like that? Yeah, it, it's it's something I'm working on continuously because as I said, I want to get, I want to keep building and growing that relationship. So I'll read, first thing I do when I wake up is I read, you know, daily devotional, read some scripture, open my Bible app on my phone and read the scripture of the day or watch mm-hmm. a little video of the day and, and read something in there. I have another book. It's a Catholic book on a Catholic catechism about the history of the church and everything that I'll read a little bit in there in the morning. And I also do gratitude, practice gratitude and journal about the gratitude in there. And then I end my day similar with gratitude and reading daily scripture again and and then journaling about the day and, and analyzing, you know, what were those kind of spiritual moments throughout the day or where were the days where I fell short? That's another thing I do in the morning is I'll, I'll, I'll pray about where I had opportunities to do better, where God might have been telling me something that I can learn from that. And the biggest prayer, honestly, that I pray for is, is just for him to transform me into what he wants, into yeah. the person that he wants me to be. Yeah. And I pray that many, many times throughout the day, but that's always the underlying message is that, you know, I just want to make sure I'm doing the work that he wants. And oftentimes, especially lately, I'm extremely busy. I mean, it's a lot of work doing the different things that I'm doing, extremely busy. And I find myself getting caught up doing all those things. And then I try to slow down at a moment or at the end of the day and say, all right, am I doing what I'm supposed to? (laughs) Am I on the right path? Yeah. You know, and I try to get some comfort and ask him, okay, what what do you want me to do today? Like, just just tell me for today. Um, You know, and sometimes I hear something really clear and and sometimes I don't. And so I'm like, okay, maybe I'm on the right path. And, but I think, the you know I, I work on all those things and I guess the the biggest thing for me is to really take that time to slow down because that's where I have the you know the best sense of God's presence and everything is when I slow down. I love getting outside when I can get outside or go for a hike, or whatever, because that's where I feel it. It's it's easy to feel it there, but yeah, that's where yeah. I feel it the most. You know, in my office here, it's it's not as easy, but that's that's what I work on every day at least. Right. Now the Bible says to be still and know that he is God. He, he says that I am God, but you know, and that's a, a really good practice for sure. It's difficult in this day and age. There's so many distractions. Similar to you, my mind is always racing with things. I got a billion things to do every day and it's hard, but you have to discipline yourself to spend that time with God, even if it's just a moment or two at the start of a day, but you need to discipline yourself. And my wife told me years ago, discipline is the price you pay for freedom, right? When we can discipline ourselves to spend time with God and get to know his heart and get to know what he wants us to do, that gives you freedom to do those things. Instead of struggling, you know, with, oh, what do I need to do for God today, you know? But when we're just walking in his heart every day, it makes such a big difference, right? I think so anyway. No, I agree. And, and I really love that. I really love that um, that phrase. 
And it's something that, you know, I at least try to take comfort in because I was like, okay, if I feel I'm walking, you know, with his heart and and I'm doing what he wants me to do, then, you know, I might not hear him all the time, but I I guess that means I'm on the right path if I'm, I'm, you know, continuing to do that work and everything. So, yeah. And as long as you're still feeling the passion for it, then, you know, you're, you're heading in the right direction, right? Yep. You're not going to take on (laughs) God's things to do if you're not passionate about God, because it would just go against everything in our flesh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's, I, I'm going to trust that I'm, I'm on the right path. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. So if you were going to leave our audience with one thought about God, what would you say to them? I would say that to be open to God, that he's always there. He's always there. And, you know, for years, as I said, he's been taken many years to keep building and building and growing and growing my faith. And and it was the same for my father. You know, as I said, it took him a long time on this world Mm -hmm. to, you know, continuously grow. And from someone that was very devout from the time I can remember, you know, being a little itty bitty, that that to be open to, you know, hearing his voice and, and knowing that he's that he's there and, you know, having him in your heart, because it's a truly beautiful place to be when you feel that he's there and you feel that that you're doing what he wants you to do and you feel that he's molding you into the the person that he wants you to be that it's a really beautiful beautiful feeling and you know I think I've had glimpses of that and I you know I, and I feel it here and there and and I want that for anyone yeah that that's so true so true. So if somebody wants to get a hold of your book, how do they do that? Do you have a website about iSparkChange that they can go to? Yes. It's the letter I and then sparkchange.com. And the book, 12 Hours of Heaven, if they search that on Amazon, Kindle and a paperback edition on Amazon, they go to iSparkChange. There's a link there to get the book as well. They can also go to 12hoursofheaven.com and they'd, they'd find it. But but iSparkChange has info about what we're doing. There's links to our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's all iSparkChange change.com even tiktok uh we have a you know my social media person helps with that and youtube but uh, there's inspirational content motivational content spiritual content uh, all of those things on a daily basis so they'll you know they can't go wrong connecting or for example following us on instagram because they'll receive all that great content and then last thing just real quick is that we're we're about to relaunch our website where it'll be completely redesigned and have a lot more user-friendly content and, and more about iSpark change more about things that we have that we're working on because we have big plans and, and growth and, and goals for down the road. So different things that we'll be doing to help do God's work and, and spread iSpark change and, and have that positive change be a part of uh, more of what people do, you know, so mm-hmm. it's not just they don't just think about it when they go to church on Sunday or when they go do some work at a charity on a holiday or whatever, they'll think about it on a on a daily basis as part of their work. So that's some stuff we're working on. So they can be on the lookout for that. That'd be great. Well, that's great. Well, thanks so much for being a part of our show tonight. It's been inspiring to listen to your journey and how you drew closer to God and how he drew closer to you. That's always an exciting thing in anybody's life. So I really appreciate the time you spent with us and God bless you. Yeah. Thank you very much, Johnny. I appreciate it as well. And hopefully this will provide some inspiration for someone out there. I'm sure it will. Thanks very much. Thank you. I went up to the conference. Better listen to me That's right
Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.